Imagine that you become a consultant for Sunset Creameries in Malawi, in Africa. What steps would you take? How could you make a difference? In this second episode, we'll be talking about skills-based volunteering with a story from Partners in Food Solutions, which is a nonprofit that connects people from leading food companies with 10 countries in Africa. In this episode, we'll be hearing from a marketing director who specifically solved that kind of challenge. Along the way, we'll learn about the specific approach he took to consulting with that company in Malawi and the lessons that we can learn about skills-based volunteering and marketing best practices. This is Digging for Insights, the marketing research podcast for insights professionals and businesses looking to deeply understand their customers so they can grow. I'm Stephen Griffiths, a Fortune 500 corporate researcher. Join me as we talk with experts about inspiring case studies, career advice, and research methods that will lead to growth. Kennedy Cole is the director of iSquad, the internal marketing consulting group within General Mills, based in Minnesota, USA. Ken has experience serving as a senior consultant with Suncrest Creameries in Malawi and began his marketing career at General Mills in 2002. Kennedy, welcome to the program. All right. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. For today, we'll be focusing specifically on the volunteer work that you've done for Partners in Food Solutions. Can you talk a little bit about how you became involved with this initiative? PFS was looking for some help with marketing content, and uh, John Mendish asked me to come uh, help out and provide some a marketing point of view. So that's when I really got started was was volunteering at a at a work session where they were kind of pulling together best practices across different functional areas. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I can only imagine that the top priority for some of these um, companies is first get that food safe and make sure the production makes sense. And then, hey, how do you increase your demand so that that makes sense that um, you're able to come in and, and help with that? I'm curious for the specific project that we'll talk about today. How did you become aware of that project and, and why did you choose it? I think that this was after um, get signed into the database and they have your name there. Then shortly after that, someone reached out and said they had a project where they needed some uh, they needed some help. Uh, someone with a marketing background. And so I said, sure, give it a shot. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I know you've sent me some materials of the work that you uh, did on this project. Could you walk us through a little bit of what, what kind of problem you're trying to solve? Uh, sure. You know, it was, I didn't really know what to expect because it was my first uh, interaction with a client and, uh, this group, Suncrest Creameries, they were a beverage company in, in Malawi and they've been around for, uh, for several years. So it wasn't a startup. This is kind of a, an established company, but they were definitely the number two dairy provider in Malawi. And then they had a bunch of uh, different kind of fruit beverages that they were that they were selling. And their initial ask was for a marketing plan. And um, as we got into it, it was it was interesting. It took a while to get in and kind of get your arms around what's going on with the business and and what does their product portfolio look like? And what are they really trying to do? And I guess that's part of uh, having been uh, working with the iSquad and doing consulting work uh, for years. But, you know, the step one is always listening to what the what the client is asking for, but then kind of peeling back the onion to see if, if that's really what they need. And, and that was the case here where they kind of had some big strategic questions to um, get their arms around before they got to the, you know, the marketing tactics part of it. And in this case... They had a really portfolio with lots of different product lines, 
and uh, they each of the different product lines had its own brand name, and uh, they had they were operating some of the things were at really kind of low entry level price points, and they had other uh, product lines that were more premium. And so the first thing that we did was just kind of portfolio analysis to say, what do you have here? Uh, who is it for? You know, how's the profitability on each of these things? And kind of started with just kind of the step one, the big picture of, do you want to build your brand Suncrest Creameries as, you know, a branded house, or do you want to operate as more of a house of brands? And that was the first kind of concept that, that we talked about. And I think it was, you know, using examples of, of big mainstream companies that people know, like an like Apple versus uh, Procter & Gamble was the example that I, I used uh, for the team. And uh, we kind of got through that. And then spending some time just narrowing down to, to prioritize which of these different product lines do you really want to focus on? Because as we know, choosing... Um, choosing which things we want to focus on and then specifically focus, you know, choosing which things we're not going to, uh, to focus on. That's always the hardest part, I think, but trying to, to narrow down to which of the, the different product lines were most important to, to put some marketing support behind. We got through that and, uh, and then we, we really did um, use the four P's framework to dig in and look at each of those, those product lines uh, with the four P's exercise to determine what were the most important, you know, levers to pull across the four P's. Uh, that led to doing some some custom research in the field with uh, with consumers to get a sense of what consumers thought about their products versus competitors to see what the awareness was of their uh, of their products uh, to try to try to determine who their their target consumer was for the products they wanted to promote and uh, you know really to give them the foundation to get to a, a positioning. And um, so that was that was fun to see the the output of the research, and that teed up uh, how the team was going to go forward to uh, to build a a marketing plan. The other thing that we did was we we recommended that um, uh, that they pilot that they uh, this is you know they're they're a small company, so they need to be smart with their their marketing dollars. So we found a geographic location where they could implement a, a marketing plan and kind of measure the results over a a several month window. And then um, if things are working, then of course, roll that out more broadly to try to try to keep building their brands. So that was that was the project in a nutshell. Very cool. So a couple of questions in there. Uh, first of all, how did you do that consumer interaction? Were, were you involved in that? Or do you just say, hey, here's, you know, some questions to ask and here's how to go about it and come back to us with questions? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, one of the challenges with the PFS work is um, the the go-to techniques and ways that we would get things done working with General Mills in Minneapolis. You can't just directly translate to how they're going to do the work in Malawi. Uh, but there was a there was a team that um, that was on site in the field, and uh, they executed a kind of a, you know a pretty basic consumer survey, but going out in the field in some some different geographies. And, uh, you know, we provided some consulting on here's some here's the type of questions to ask. Here's what a discussion guide could look like for you. And they executed that uh, that consumer interaction, that consumer research, basically face to face uh, at, at some different uh, channels where they would sell the sell their beverages. So think, you know, convenience stores and, and grocery stores and things around uh, Malawi, just intercepting consumers and, and asking questions. Was the final deliverable then basically, hey, here are your, your products that you're focused on? And I think you sent me a list, but you've got everything from like fruit drinks to like 
fruit dairy drinks to cordials to like lots of different like fruits, you know, beverage kind of spaces. Was your end deliverable to say, here's what to focus on and, and here's your positioning statement. And then here was your your pilot study that this is how to do marketing in the future for your brand. Was that sort of the final end of it? Yeah, well, um, and what I would say is the the part that, um, that when, when my work uh, wrapped up was kind of that a strategic overlay in the front end, uh, and they had executed the in-market research, uh, but we did not take them all the way down to here's the product positioning and here are the recommended marketing tactic for each region. Uh, it was really kind of that strategic front end to set the team up to to, to make good decisions there. That was you know that was one of the things that was uh, that was challenging and sometimes frustrating was having the distance from the market, not being able to have good uh, a good sense of you know I, I I wasn't able to try any of the products and wasn't able to um, uh, communicate with any of the consumers, and then I had no sense for. Uh, from a marketing tactic standpoint of radio ads versus billboards versus um, in-market promotions and that sort of thing. So really had to rely on the local folks and they had a, a local agency that, that provided recommendations. So they were the ones that could figure out how to actually execute the, the tactics once we got to the strategic direction of what we wanted, which, which products we wanted to promote and what were the, the main things that we needed to uh, communicate. Gotcha. Yeah, I can only imagine the environment is just very different in Malawi from what we take for granted here in the United States in terms of marketing levers and what those were like and how they operate. Right, right. I wanted to go a little back to your call about house of brands versus branded house. You mentioned the branded house is sort of the, the Apple uh, example and the house of brands is more Procter & Gamble. How did that conversation go with them about that? Did they have a thought of which direction they wanted to go to? I think um, we had the conversation because I probably like uh, a lot of um, startup companies, These the, the, the Folks that were running the business, they were sophisticated uh, business people, and they had a good handle on, on, and they had, you know, had done well with with the business. Uh, and it was a, a family business, so the father kind of called the shots on running the business, and then his son was a food scientist, and he did a lot of the new product development. And so they were developing new products that I think were good, uh, high quality products. But the overall vision for what do we want our portfolio to look like, and how are we going to support the the portfolio? And, uh, you know, the, the, the consequences, there's just different consequences of, and there's pros and cons of uh, that house of brands versus a branded house. Probably the easiest thing with the branded house is you can be more concise with your marketing dollars. And uh, the other thing that became apparent is their main competitor was a branded house and had much better awareness in the market. So that's kind of what they were going up against. And we needed to have that, you know, get everyone kind of level set on the same page of like, hey, this is the path that we're going down. And you would really need to change directions pretty dramatically uh, if you wanted to to head towards uh, that branded house option. So it was just a good kind of grounding thing to realize if you're not going to, um, if you're going to try to build all these different brands individually, that it, it requires the support to make that happen. Uh, as gotcha. we know, we wrestle with that at General Mills, with, right? How we, how we spread our marketing dollars. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's... Yeah, totally challenging. I mean, just looking at some of the materials that you sent, you know, you've got some Yozy shakes, you have a Zuza cordial, you've got a Twiza cordial, and you've got a fruit burst. All of those are called completely different names. And if you're a consumer, you might not know that those are all sold by the same company. So very much the the branded house that you talked about. But yeah, making that change is <laughs> probably not easy, right? To switch them all to the same brand, that that's right. no um, easy right. undertaking. 
I want to switch gears a little bit um, to the lessons learned. I mean, so what a cool project, right? Working from something from the, the very beginning all the way to, you know, positioning and strategy and coming up with testing different marketing levers. Could you share a little bit of some of the lessons that you learned from doing this kind of project? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it was it was jumping in and not really knowing what to expect. And and honestly, it took a little while. It took, you know, we would do basically, I think we had a phone call once every other week. So with that kind of limited interaction and because of the, the business was so, um, I was so unfamiliar with it, it took several calls just to get my arms around. What are we really trying to do here? And what is this you know, what is this business all about? What do they really need? I guess, because I think what they originally asked for was this marketing plan on a specific, uh, one of the specific product lines. And, uh, and after having the conversations, I, re I realized that, oh, we need to, you know, have some of these other conversations before that really makes sense. So uh, I think one of the lessons learned was coming into it, I I would probably try to be um, more involved in the upfront, the the scoping of the project to get a better handle of what's going on and and, and what is the uh, what what do they really need? Because I think we started down the path in one direction and realized we need to kind of go back and and get that get down to the basics. I think the other thing is there are pretty uh, I, I think working for for General Mills and being really tight with a lot of our different businesses, we can get into kind of really complicated conversations about what we should be doing. And we end up using uh, new approaches and all that kind of stuff. And I think the like back to the basics kind of uh, approach of uh, just taking a look at your business fundamentals and the profitability across your product lines, prioritizing what you want to focus on, and then that that four P's framework is, you know, a pretty standard marketing approach, but it's also really powerful and kind of just using those those really basic frameworks to help guide your your thinking is is really helpful. And and trying to keep it trying to not get too too um, complicated with things. I think ultimately, you know, we I tried to we talked about the the jobs to be done approach that we have leveraged here at General Mills for, for quite a while. And I don't know if, if, if it even was, it was, if it was just too much, right, to try to keep teaching these different concepts, really kind of try to keep things at a, at a level that's basic, but like fundamental and, and really solid to both convey those concepts. And it also just helps you think about what the business should be doing. Oh, that totally makes sense. And I think the things you've talked about are pretty widely applicable to any project, right? I think it's very common for a key decision maker to say, hey, I think I want you to work on this, when in reality, maybe there's some contextual background information you need before you can even begin to work on that kind yeah. of initiative. Um, so that, that's a, a just a great consulting uh, skill, I would imagine. Anything um, else that you want to share? Like if you could speak to maybe other marketing or insights professionals who might be listening to this podcast, what advice would you give to them in terms of uh, doing skills-based volunteering like this? You know, it's uh, it's a cool it's a cool opportunity. It's the organization is uh, it's pretty awesome what they're doing. Just trying to help uh, with food security in a part of the world where they could you know use more food security. And uh, the whole vision from the beginning was 
that we would help by transferring our, our knowledge. And it started with the ITQ organization and transferring technical knowledge. We touched on this at the beginning with, uh, you know, just improving food safety and, and uh, that kind of thing so that more people can get the food that is produced so that, that we're not wasting things. So that's cool. But I think that everybody, everybody has something that they could contribute if they want to. And, and that was the thing that I, I didn't really realize at the beginning was, was like, oh, I think it's just they're just doing you know, technical stuff and realize that some of the, the knowledge that I had from my background was helpful to some of these businesses. And um, so it was, it was rewarding to be able to work with this company, get to know them a little bit and, and, and try to help them think about how to grow. My guest today was Kennedy Cole, who's the director of the iSquad, the internal marketing consulting group within General Mills. And we were just talking about his volunteer experience with Suncrest Creameries in Malawi. Kennedy, thanks so much. Thanks, Stephen. Have a good one. And that concludes my conversation with Kennedy Cole, the marketing director for the iSquad, which is the internal marketing consulting group within General Mills. I enjoyed that conversation, and there are three main takeaways that I took from it. The first is there is a lot of value that we can add as marketing and insights professionals for other smaller companies and nonprofits. I loved the experience that um, Kennedy shared how, you know, there's things that he took for granted that he does in his day job that not everyone has access to and how exciting it was to share those skills with that company in Malawi. I'd say the same thing goes for all of us. We have uh, skills and abilities wherever we are that can make a difference. And when we take the time to volunteer our skills, they can really help others who are in dire need of those services. My second main takeaway was how important it is to not forget the essentials. Who is your target consumer for your product or service? What are the four P's and how are you acting against them? What is your marketing plan? You know, these are not super detailed questions that you've never heard about, right? These are things covered in basic marketing classes in undergrad. Applying these things in the right way, however, can be tricky and difficult. And sometimes it's tempting to go to the more nuanced um, marketing plans and tactics rather than taking a step back and looking at the big picture. My third takeaway was remembering how important it is to look at the entire context. I'd say it's very common in business to have a decision maker come to you with a question and ask, hey, can you solve X? Well, it turns out that X is a smaller issue and that the real question that should be answered is actually a larger one that might include X, but include other things as well. And that's exactly what Kennedy talked about when he first went and it was the project was scoped to create a specific marketing plan. And as he looked at the marketing plan for that specific product, he realized, wait a minute, in order to do this right, we need to talk about broader strategy. And so he had to back up and think about the entire project portfolio and the role that brands played and which parts of the portfolio, because it was large, they should focus on. And I'd say the same thing can apply to all of us, that the best researchers and marketers out there don't simply take questions verbatim. They do a little work. And that's the value that we add is saying, yeah, that's a great question. I agree. Let's make sure to see the context of the entire situation and decide if this is still the best question or if there's maybe a more interesting, more actionable question we should be answering with research or marketing tactics in order to lead to growth. As always, you can find the show notes to this episode and other details by going to diggingforinsights.com. And if you're listening to this episode on Apple Podcasts, I'd encourage you to leave a review, no matter how many stars you want to rate it, so that others can find this episode and this podcast in the future. Until next time, I'm wishing you the best as you dig for insights that will grow your career and your business.